0: Alright right guys, welcome to the 22nd episode of Below the Bar. In this episode, expect to find out how we would overhaul the education system, why rugby is an underrated sport, and what would happen if you injected an XL Bully with testosterone. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to the second part of our deep dive into the education system. Yes, so if you didn't watch last week's, last week we went through our own experiences with school and the education system. Um, so I would recommend you go and watch that one but th- this is kind of related slash unrelated so we're gonna now go through the education system as a whole and what we kind of think about it and then there's a bit of structure around that but we're um we're gonna go through helmet of the week first we won't get into any of the education stuff just yet but helmet of the week first and then uh we'll get into it longer we go first helmet of the week
1: Yeah, so helmet of the week
0: is VAR, Yeah, unsurprisingly. Anyone in the football world will, will have seen this coming. Yeah, VAR uh, just being shit this year, right? This this season's been a bit shit. Yeah, VAR. so for anyone that lives under a rock, VAR stands for Video Assistant Referee, mm. and it was introduced to try and make officiating in the professional game better. Well, more fair, I think it was, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and, and somehow... It's had the opposite effect. They've made it fucking worse. How can you use technology and get... Less accurate than humans. But in, in every other sport, it works. And I knew, as, I knew as soon as they introduced it into football, right, they'd managed to cock it up. What do they have in TMO or something? Yeah, yeah, the television that. match official. And that's like clockwork, mate. That's great because you can see what they're fucking doing. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, when it goes to TMO, you can see half the screen is like them working it out, watching the replay and all the rest of it. VAR is like a fucking enigma, mate. They just go and like, oh, i might make, make the decision. So he works in tennis as well. You know yeah, yeah, when they review something, yeah. it works there. They in, should in... do that. They should only have like three VAR attempts each each game. Well, they do that in cricket as well. Yeah, but it works in cricket. You know, and they've got like I've got what they call it, but like you know when they it get, gets given out or something, and, like the fucking camera can yeah trap track the trajectory of the That's ball class. and can see if it's going to hit the but stump. On things or like that, it's a little bit easier. But you would think things like offside is like that. It's black and white, isn't it? Well, so you take the foot and then you figure out is he in front, is he behind. Well, well, the example we'll use to demonstrate this point is Luis Diaz's disallowed goal yesterday in the Liverpool versus Spurs game. Because that was ended uh, up losing by one goal, which would have been the difference. That was fucking atrocious. Being a Liverpool fan, uh, probably not not a great moment for you. Well, I'm not just butthurt because it's Liverpool, but it's happened multiple times this season. I think happened twice. Well, two things incidents happened yesterday. No, yesterday, oh, there was three really. Yeah, so there was Curtis Jones, who would have been sent oh, yeah, off. True. That wasn't a straight red, no, that was mental. One say. of Diego Jota's yellow wasn't a yellow, yeah. I think I forgot who it was. The Spurs player tripped up his own foot, yeah. The first yellow wasn't a yellow, and then the disallowed goal. You don't even need to draw, you don't even need VAR for that. The linesman should have seen that. It's about a foot on side. I know on the highlights, they didn't show loads and loads of replays, but they showed like the initial thing. I was like, that's on side. I saw it once. So like the, ni- like, the naked yeah, yeah, I can see that. That's mad. And I'm like just watching it on my little phone, and I can fucking see it. Um, it's that's mad. You know the the thing that really gets me for VR is they just they're so choosy with how they use it. So they obviously use it for like penalties and goals, offsides, all the rest of it. But when there's like a clear, this happens so much as well. When there's um like a corner that goes against a team, or maybe there should be a corner that's now a goal kick because the ref made a bad decision. Why don't you just show that replay? Because they show the replay to everyone else, and so then you can see it obviously should be a corner. And then they they don't actually take any action on that and put, give it as a corner, and they just give the, the goal kick. But that can be the difference between winning the game and losing the game. Well, so i use the example of rugby again. The TMO is hot in the refs here yeah. all the time. If he you misses Summit, they'll fucking call him out on it. Yeah, and they're not like selective, over. oh, that was a penalty, so they no, use no, everything. No? no one's safe. Yeah. like if you do anything like the TMO can get you for yeah, it basically yeah. and vice versa like if the ref isn't unsure about something he'll fucking he'll ask. he'll ask a good thing about rugby I thought as well is like they if they're not 100% sure they'll just say to the players I didn't know but I thought this so I made this decision and the players are like cool but in football it seems like they have to be 110% right so it, it paralyses them against making actual decisions but like you go going about officiating the wrong way there in my eyes because a lot of the a lot of the laws or rules in football aren't black or white. No. Like the handball rule is ninety percent grey. Well, it is yeah. Because,
1: and, so, so and the also fact that you, you c-
0: slow it down and play it, get play it again and again and again, and you just got one frame to look at, it looks a lot more sinister, like nine out of ten, than it actually was in in fluid motion. This referee in slow motion needs to stop. It's bollocks well. isn't it. Watch it in real time. Yeah. Because if you slow anything down enough, it looks it looks malicious. Curtis Jones is a bread card. Showed one frame of it where his his ankle was like bent bent, the wrong way, right? And and he's stamped on it, and it is thinking red. But if you show it in real time, it's not. It's not malicious, and it clearly wasn't going to break his ankle. No. But if you like you said, if you freeze frame it on like the point where his ankle is most bent, it looks like it's a leg breaker. Yeah, of course it does. But there's, actual, there's flex in the ankle, and that happens in real time. It, anyway, VAR is shocking. They seem to be getting worse with it as well. So when it, was, they, no. when it was first introduced, right, when they'd go to an offside decision, the camera would be in line yeah, with, the, yeah. with was, the last defender. Now, they're fucking picking like, diagonal angles. I don't, but know, how are you supposed I don't know whether to that's just the, the, the one they show people. Is it not that just the one they show... Fact that, but well, why aren't they showing everyone, including the referee, the best possible well, angle? Know, why are people see. seeing different angles? Yeah, they should just have. Because surely there's a, a shot of that. <laughs> so you've got to pay a premium for a better angle. Yeah, like, what's yeah I'm about? All pro. <laughs> 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 um, there's a pro. There's another case, though, isn't there, where normally if the ref goes to the monitor, he's going to change his decision? Or. You know what I mean? Like, oh no, they give it the old. You might want to look at that, and that basically means you've got to reverse your decision, no, exactly, which is bollocks because yeah. it takes the power out of the ref's but hands. But that didn't happen like once the other the other week, and everyone was like, "Oh, it's changing, it's changing," but then it's fucking back. Yeah, there. it's just yeah. shit. Basically, the, just, the officiating in football has been f- shit for years, mm. and somehow they've managed to make it progressively worse yeah. instead of better. Neil Warnock will att- attest to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> Neil Warnock fucking hates. Premier League referees, maybe as much as I do. Yeah, uh, and he hates the VAR as well, which is good because that came in like late in his career. Well, I was all in favour of VAR when he introduced it's it because I'm, I'm a big advocate of like TMO in mm-hmm. rugby, and they've just implemented it in the most grotesque and perverse way. I think having like certain having like four or five like per team abilities to use VAR would be class. Yeah, because it create a little bit of suspense, scarcity around it. You won't be able to just use it for everything. Yeah, teams should be able to. Like, claim, I think, yeah, because it always worked. the ref's decision until the team, the team, Cause says, no, I, go to be fair, because I think that would then mitigate some hot, horrific decisions, yeah. Because the teams now on, on like in the dugouts are watching everything back, replays and stuff, you know, like the physio and stuff will be yeah, watching a yeah. lot. Like the assistant manager will be watching replays of the match, so if they pick something up, they can appeal to the fourth official yeah. and say, like, Can we review that? That'd be class, yeah, that would be good. Well, we just solve the AR yeah, yeah. there you go FA have that for <laughs> yeah. free tag You fucking um, anyway hat moving swiftly on we will now well yeah you've got the kind of structure written down so you, you want to go through what we're going to cover so people know what to go, what's coming yeah I don't really think we need to do much housekeeping with this because everyone, everyone knows what school's like and if you wanted to know yeah. what our schooling was like then listen to the, the episode Pre-season, that we did last one. week Yeah. so I think we can just jump straight into okay. the issues sweet cool so do, do you that. want me to run... Should we do it one by one? I've got a list of three main issues with the UK education system. And then we'll riff on each one of them, I think. And we can riff on each one of them. And then I've got two solutions. And we'll riff on them. Yeah, yeah. that's what we did for the obesity and all the rest of it, so we'll do the same kind of deal. So well, go I haven't, gone, I haven't gone silly this time, because it probably would have involved me like killing school children, so I thought it's probably for the best, if that, that remains off the internet. Yeah, especially this week. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was going to make a joke then but I won't, because, uh, again, <laughs> that's quite morbid. Too soon. Uh, right, so mis- issue number one yeah. is the national curriculum, what we actually get taught at school. Yes, huge issue. I don't know what your other issues are, but I think this is probably fucking... Well, it's, this is the content of what people yeah, consume during seen. their education. So actually, this has got to be a major contributing factor, hasn't just it? Just fundamentally, the, the fact that it is so prescriptive, in, like regardless of what's in it, like it takes all the creative license off the teacher themselves. So if you want teachers to be like passionate about what they're delivering, and all the rest of it, you can't just give them a playbook and say here you go, plug and play. Like you have to. Surely they have to teach what they kind of obviously there's in, within restrictions and boundaries, etc. But they should be able to teach what they're passionate about because then they can deliver it in a passionate way rather than you just give them here you go, teach this. So the whole the whole idea of the national curriculum, it was like introduced in the like the late nineteen eighties, I think. Mm. The idea was then all kids would receive the same standard of education, mm. but like you said, that standard of education over time has eroded. I think to the point where it's now an exam factory. Well, yeah, yeah, it is. Well, that, that's you see, it's linked, all linked up though, isn't it? Because it has to almost has to, it almost has to be an exam factory because that's how the funding gets given to schools, isn't it? So you know, they have to be good in the league tables and so that becomes the only metric for success, whereas that's not the only metric for success. But those, those league tables and, like, Ofsted, you know, the mm. fucking the body that kind Doesn't of assesses body. schools, which is shit as well, by the way, uh, that was all introduced not long after the national curriculum. So before well, okay. that, teachers... Like, a lot of this episode is basically underpinned by what my mum said. <laughs> Wait, can you give background on what you've Right, okay, does. so I'll carry out this. If you don't watch last Latter- <laughs> year. So, my mum spent her entire life being a teacher and then she ended her career being a head teacher. So, she was basically at the centre of the education system from like the early 1980s until about five years ago. it's a pretty ago. good sounding board. She's so a pretty good sounding board. My dad was the same, but he's just not as political about it. So, <laughs> <But> so <laughs> don't give a shit. Doesn't really give a yeah, shit, yeah. no. Uh, but yeah, so a lot of what I've said is basically verbatim from. My mum, mm. effectively. Which is straight from the horse's mouth. Stri- exactly. So we're uh, like, this is our first kind of unofficial podcast guest. <laughs> she, she, she's not here, but I'm relaying her thoughts yeah. and feelings. Behind the scenes. Um, so, yeah, the, the national curriculum was introduced by the Conservatives at the tail end of Maggie Thatcher's government. Uh, make of that what you will. Uh, and then I'm told, effectively, under Labour, education wasn't so bad because Tony Blair made a massive thing of it, didn't he? he? was like, education, education, education was one of their slogans. Mm. Rule of three again, They like of rule of three. Yeah, oh, mate, marketing on New Labour was fucking on point. Yeah. I and mean, if nothing else, you can get behind them for that. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> they, yeah. was, they smashed it. Uh, But yeah, so and then since 2010 obviously we've had continuous Tory governments for 13, coming on 14 years now. Including Michael Gove as the uh, Education Secretary. Yeah, well we've not gotten to Michael Gove yet, but he he doesn't fucking come out very well in all of this, I'll be honest. But yeah, so basically since since 2010, if education was pretty rosy under New Labour, it's gone down the toilet with the Conservatives, because it's been underfunded, we've been pushed more down the exam factory route. Uh, like the marketisation of education as well. So you know like academies. Yes, yeah, true. you know a lot of trying to trying it? to run schools, like businesses. Yeah like, it's when... a fucking school, it's not supposed to make a profit. Do you know when was this is a bit this is not the curriculum but you know when like eleven pluses and all that stuff was, was involved and you could go to grammar schools and all the it? When was that done away with? Do you know? Oh I don't know either. That was just before we were at school I think. Um because that was in for ages as well. But that was crazy because you had Basically, a, a test when you were like 11 that would determine you know your entire almost yeah. well, your entire life, really, your entire life, um, your, certainly your educational life. And so, and as we explained last week, yeah, we 11. you know fuck all when you're 11, yeah. All, all everyone gives all, all the boys give a fuck about it is playing football, so 11 plus is like, yeah, cheers, um, and the girls don't give a shit either, so it, it makes no sense. Uh, but obviously, that's why it was scrapped. The idea of an 11 plus is daft, and that's what was originally scrapped, mm. but like what the taught. People like Michael go love eleven pluses. They want to bring back grammar schools. Like yeah. that's their idea of education. You know, like from basically from birth, you tested, and then if you perceive to be smart, you push towards academia, and then if you dunce, you're a dunce, you just left to the wayside. How ridiculous! <laughs> so so inclusive. I know. Um, yeah. Anyway, if we get back to the um, the curriculum. So it's, in my opinion, pretty inept anyway because of what it <clears throat> what it doesn't cover fundamentally but i do think the ma- a major issue is just alongside you know teachers not being funded and pay being terrible and overworked all the rest of it that leaves the individual teacher with not much kind of room to inspire and that's part of their job isn't it part of their job as a teacher if you think back to any teachers you had that you remember fondly it's because they were like passionate inspiring people that if less and less people are like that are in teaching, that trickle trickle down effect happens to the pupils, and then they're left to be brought up being, you know, not giving a fuck about anything. Yeah, how can teachers be good educators when they're effectively straight-jacketed with what they can and can't do? Men- it's mental. And it's even worse now as well in the the snowflake generation mm-hmm. as well, because if they say one thing out of line, or you know, they they deem to have disciplined a pupil in. in yeah, inappropriately, mm. then they're cancelled. It's bollocks. Which again, like, no wonder they can't get people to fucking be teachers anymore. So are they giving like 30 grand bursaries to them? Yeah. Because no one wants to fucking do it. Well, yeah, Well, I, be, being cancelled as a teacher is fucking crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And obviously there's certain things they shouldn't be able to do. Shouldn't be able to tell kids to fuck off, whatever. But um, but I mean, no one was doing that. It's, it's like, if you misgender a pupil that's like, 13 years old because they've decided last night when they watched TikTok that they were going to be a girl. It's like, that literally though, Yeah, that not, literally happens and yeah. they get reported to the head and then they get disciplined which is mad. Well, yeah, we're not all about bringing back the cane. No. I'm not archaic but like like you said now, it can be as simple as like using the wrong pr- pronouns with a, with a pupil. Yeah. And it's like, how can they keep track of First of all, they've got to keep track of loads of shit anyway. They've got marking and the rest of it. How can you keep track of what the pupil identifies as <laughs> on a daily basis? They've got eight, how many classes coming through, 30 kids in each. It's like, that's mad. That's just that's what I mean. It's like, how can you be enthusiastic and how can you get into a flow with your educating if you're in constant fear of being tripped up? Yeah, because you, you wouldn't have any, it's like you say, flow. Look That flow state of when you get into your rhythm and you're delivering the way you want to deliver and all the rest of it if you're constantly thinking of every word and and almost thinking, oh, can I say this, can I say that, you're going to be, like, your hands are almost tied, aren't they? You'd just be rigid. Yeah. You'd be, like, a proper wooden performance, like a shit actor. Yeah, you would. And and it doesn't help that you've got pretty much, like, a script from the national curriculum that you have to deliver. Obviously, there should be, you know, uh, there should be a curriculum, but it shouldn't be quite as... As a kind of um, instructive, I don't think. Well, this is purely anecdotal now. We're going off a bit of a tangent, but whatever. Uh, So, like, because, like you said, the curriculum now is so kind of prescriptive. Mm. What happens is because it doesn't then engage the the kind of the interests of teachers. It doesn't give them any scope to teach what they actually want to teach. They just they they learn it like you would revise for an exam. Anybody but they don't actually it. know anything about it. Yeah. So, so like, yeah. they know what they need to teach, but they don't actually understand the subject, if that makes sense. Yeah, well they know how to teach someone how to pass the exam they're gonna have, whereas they don't actually teach the broader yeah. subject matter around <laughs> so, it. So uh, this is pure anecdotal, there's no, there's no scientific research back to this. Well I went on a date yeah. with a history teacher, right? Right. Ages ago. Yeah. Like a few yeah. years ago now. That was the last date. And know? I'm a yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah. Still fresh in the memory. See <laughs> <So>, yeah. <laughs> And I'm a bit of a history nose, yeah. as people probably know. Yeah. So naturally, I was chewing her ear about history, and I was asking her what was on the curriculum. And I knew more about the subjects that she was teaching as a secondary That's school history something. teacher. Because as soon as you went off-piste, so like she knew she knew all the key dates and figures mm. to pass the exam. Yeah. But as soon as you'd actually ask her, like, Anything beyond that. Thirty two markers. Yeah. It was just <laughs> it was a blank state. And I'm like, You're supposed to be a passionate That's history. Rough. And I don't blame her, because like you like we said, you're kinda of straight jacketed. Yeah. And there's no incentive for, them, for for her to learn any of that really. because exactly she's like so swept off her feet with like marking mm. and like making well, sure well, she's got the time. Making sure she's got a good pass, right? Exactly. You're not yeah. gonna you're not gonna develop your broader understanding of the subject, are you? Which would make you a much better teacher and make you be able to engage kids much better. Uh, it's it's such a big issue because it is like it's cliche isn't it they are you bring up the next generation of of workers in 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 the workforce and so if they're not adequately educated history you know is a little bit of a a rogue one because you don't really need it for most jobs but things like maths and English and things that are actually applicable to the real world is that that should be. Your teacher should be a subject matter expert in that. Yeah, well, I mean, like maths is a massive one as well. Whoever came up with the fucking maths curriculum is a fucking helmet in themselves. Ridiculous, man! What we don't use, and this is this is such a this a, is something you realised in year and not year eight. though. you are like, what, when am I ever going to use this? Yeah, if you right, if Can you right, if you just have like <laughs> I don't know, like small talk with someone about school, right, and maths comes up in the subject, like within I guarantee within like the first few sentences, one of you will say to each other. Don't use all the stuff for learning maths. Yeah, because it's all bollocks. It Pythagoras is fucking dick cheese. Like uh, algebra's what? algebra is one. Algebra. The only the only time I've ever used algebra was actually in another exam, so in another test, which was a like employment test. You know, like the psychometrics. Yeah, yeah. But that's the only reason I. And if it wasn't a thing, then I wouldn't have to use that. So. We well, have spoken about this off air, right? So instead of learning about all that shit, which I think we can all agree with is a shit. massive waste of time unless you want to become like a maths academic a math- and then teach other people. mathematician. It. A mathematician, yeah, which no one wants to be. No, uh, not re all that is it. No, no, it's really niche fucking kind of rain man activity, that is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why aren't we learning about like personal finances and stuff? So jarring, this is, mate. Like. Because we've now discovered this. We're completely inept to, you know, survive in the. function in the. Re- function in the re- in, like, in, the world of global capitalism. Like, there's so much that you don't get. Like, how to how to get a mortgage, how they work, how interest rates work, how com- compounding interest work. Fucking taxes, taxes, mate. How you taxes. pay your taxes? Like, it's insane. Taxes like, are a myth. How much you earn when you earn a? How much you actually earn after tax when you earn a certain amount of money? You don't get any of this. Not even like obviously you learn how to do percentages, but it's never given in like a practical. Um, actionable sense with like tax rates and compound interest and all the rest of it, where you that's things you actually don't need to learn, but you but they're so useful. Well, you kind of do. We don't need to know about compound interest, but it's not essential, but you know, in the same way that by like a certain point in like key stage two, you're expected to know like so many times tables, hmm. why don't you know tax rates? Yeah, that's so if good. someone says if you earn 100 grand. Um, How much are you taking home in tax? You should just be able to reel that off. I still don't know that. Neither do I. I typed it into Chat GPT, and I couldn't really comprehend the answer. To be honest. Right, we're going to get conspiratorial now. Okay. I'm convinced that these kind of things are deliberately fucking hidden from us to keep wanky accountants in the job. Yeah, it's that, and probably keep most people from being wealthy, which is probably the issue they have with you know like TikTok and. You know platforms that provide just straight value to people mm, people can I like, say I like this this is very Marxist yeah, yeah people can say you know if you invest so much in this stock every year like those clips have gone super viral because no one fucking knows it yeah and they're empowering people yeah and the government don't want that Yeah, they exactly. want to keep us suppressed yeah because we're uh, dangerous if fight if the chains empowered. of oppression black power, black power. <laughs> that out um, uh, yes um, I think it might be deliberate or it's certainly because there is just no nothing about personal finance at all which is insane mortgages is the one because like how the fuck do they work but like education's in such a bad way now like, I just don't see how they're going to come out of it without like massive wholesale changes because mm-hmm. like we're in such this kind of like exam factory rabbit hole now where like everything's quantified everything like leads back to a table or a chart yeah, it's all about measuring stuff, isn't it? You can't quantify everything about education, like this. You know that it's that, easier if you can, isn't it? But you know the hidden curriculum is a massive part of school, like yeah. the stuff that you learn outside the classroom. Soft skills, soft skills that yeah. the, the conservatives don't care about because you can't quantify it. Yeah, that's now completely neglected. Yeah, and so, I think that, that's the most important thing. I think that's a major contributing factor to why we've. Now, got kind of a younger generation coming through that are so kind of like socially out, awkward, mm. anxious, mental health issues. Because all that side of school now has been c- completely underfunded. It's so like that's past- socialization, isn't it? Pastoral care has been undercut. Yeah. Uh, like PHS, you remember that? Yeah. You know, yeah. like enrichment activities and like citizenship. Yeah. They don't spend any time doing that anymore. Because it doesn't contribute to the end goal for them, which is passing a test. Yeah. But like malignous. that's a major contributing factor to school and like well, so you you moulding as a human yeah exactly <laughs> That's what's the point in going to school if at the end of it you don't come out as a well rounded citizen yeah that's literally the idea it should be a factory that people go into and come out as a well rounded citizen Yeah, with like half decent ability and things you know the, the hard skills and then good communication skills good like you know, understanding of just how things work in, in the world and you don't get that and like unless you take business I don't know because I didn't take business, but like, I don't fucking anything. I I had to set up a limited company this week. How the fuck do you do that? No idea. I Had to fill out like a form to set up my bank for HPC. I was fucking like, what's going on here? Testing my account. Like I'm an absolute idiot. Yeah. When, when do you pay your fucking tax if you're self employed? No idea. Like I had to find this out from ex Mrs. Mom. It's like <laughs> she's mental. Um, it's like you just don't know. Just don't know. And how many people are probably going to be self employed? People who probably aren't as good at the hard skills, you know, like maybe go apprenticeship route or whatever and then get their apprenticeship and then set up a plumbing firm or whatever it is. This is what I don't get about like the current kind of Tory strategy around education, right? Mm. Because they want everyone to go into like maths, finance, engineering, Mm. you know, like money orientated stuff. But then they're still not teaching them like the basic personal finances. Yeah. But also, like what we actually need for for us to function as a society in terms of like plumbers and builders and electricians and all these people that actually fundamentally put things together for us to live the way we live, all those things aren't encouraged half as much as being great great at maths or whatever. No, well, that's like, practical skills. That's the other problem with the like, the exam factory approach to education, because you massively neglect vocational skills. The practical then. thing, yeah. yeah, which are hugely important. And again, working with your hands and people who can actually put things together. Again, this again is where I can't really get on board with the current conservative strategy, because if you're not going to teach the people from your country those skills, you then need to import them from elsewhere. And then and, when you kick off, when they get imported from elsewhere. You can't win. Yeah, exactly. Right. So so we're it. not rearing any of our own kids, these skills. Yeah. But equally, we're not bringing them from elsewhere, so we just don't have the skills. Yeah, which is good, because you... when you need them, the premium's fucking... You pick one or the other, or ideally both. Yeah. So then you have a surplus of skills. Yeah, because then it's like supply and demand, isn't it? Because then those skills won't be so... Expensive to get now. If anyone's had any work done in their house, it's fucking loads of money. Exactly. If there's loads of people with those skills, they have to then spend a lot of time getting better because if they're shit, they'll go out of business. Yeah, which is how a capitalism capitalism should work. <laughs> exactly. It's but a if, meritocracy, if there's none of those skills, then the biggest cowboy in town can charge whatever he wants exactly, because yeah. he's got no competition. That's what happens, isn't it? Uh, especially to like old, old, old kind of nans who, who don't know anything any better. But I think it's a massive thing. Certainly, they tried, didn't they? When we were going through, I remember there was a big push with, oh, you know, if you're not too good at exams, don't worry too much because you can go and do a BTEC and that's fine. It's not too, like, that was a big push, but, because if you wanted to go and do A-levels, you had to be good at exams because there would be exams in the A-level. So you couldn't really get an A-level if you were shit at exams. And that's why I chose to do a BTEC because I was like, well, I'm I'm not terrible at exams, but retention isn't something that I'm great at so, if I can have something that I can like articulate with uh, outside information, then I'm much better at that. But, like, exams are so shit, right? Because if you're just gonna kind of gauge someone's like intelligence on their ability to memorize information, you're gonna let so many good people slip through the net, yeah. Because not only are there more ways to fucking kind of assess someone's competency with a subject. Mm. But there are much better ways there, there, are, there, are, there are also many much better ways <laughs> Well, it's not like everyone's had it right it's not a it's not a good representation of where you're actually at in that subject because everyone's had this you'll finish an exam and then you'll go oh fuck I should have put this I should have put that and that's not that you're any smarter half an hour later it's just that you've remembered it yeah it's like How's that work? That it's not—it's a memory test more than it is a actual competency test. Do you remember this kind of narrative that, like, the posh—not the posh kids, sorry—but yeah, actually, like the posh kind of smarmy, smart kids would peddle at school. When I always make the argument for coursework mm-hmm. being the best way to measure someone's understanding of a subject. Yeah, it's more, much more comprehensive. Yeah, and I they, and I'd always kind of back something back to you along the lines of, "Oh, well, that's easy because, like, if you just put the work in, you'll get a good grade." that's how it's supposed to work. That's yeah. meritocracy. You hat. yeah, because if because they they just like the fact that they can show up and be good to go. Ninety minutes are done. course know, coursework's easy. You just you just got to do it. But yeah, well, yeah, that's not like everything. Gone, in, you got to do it. Yeah, that's not everything in life. You've got to do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like an exam where like you could know the most about that subject in your class. But if you get a question that like I don't know, you kind of misinterpret in a second, mm. or you know, you know, because like, I've done that before. You know, when you answer an exam question because you're in such a rush to start, you don't read it properly, and you're like halfway through and you glance back and you're like fucking hell. Yeah, and then you wasted the another half an hour. Really yeah, like obviously. you misplaced a comma or something so it reads completely differently. Yeah, yeah. yeah which ha- again, because it, it's time pressure, it happens, but if you've got like three months, what it does as well with courseware, which exams don't do, is encourages good time management, because if you've got three months to write a, a certain amount of work, you have to manage that and you have to manage the work. Okay, cool. I'm going to do the first bit in two weeks. Whatever. <clears throat> uh, if you do the same for an exam, it doesn't matter. You can just show up on the day and do it. But again, this these are like these are life skills. This is part of the hidden curriculum, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like time management. Coursework teaches you that. Time management and productivity. Again, skills though. They are skills that you yeah. don't get taught in. That's why. So that is why now that that on sort of YouTube and platforms like that, they have such a big watch rate you know productivity videos self development videos all these things because we're not no one fucking knows these, these things innately and, and from school uh, so you have to get taught them by you know Alex or or something down the line have you got anything else you want to say about the national curriculum we've gone on a bit of a tangent there. not a tangent are going to talk about health we've thrown a lot of shit at the wall there well we can talk about it now or we can talk about it in the solutions section yeah let's do that Let's go next. Yeah, right, okay. Right, the second major bone of contention I have, again, we're going to go down the Marxist route, private schooling. Okay. This is a massive issue in the UK. And talk to me. Because ultimately we never had a violent revolution. (laughs) So all of these archaic fucking boarding schools that have been around since like 1500 Mm. still fucking stand today. Yeah, Yeah, it's So so, so I'll reel up some facts for you. Right, okay. So 31% of Oxbridge students are privately educated. Well, yeah. Right. About 30% of our current sitting MPs attended private school. But on a whole, right, only 7% of pupils actually attend private schools in the UK. Okay. So So that's disproportionately represented in top jobs is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I would imagine so. So 20 of Britain's 57 prime ministers went to Eton. That's not just private schools. That's That's just... That's that's. that's 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 the private. That's just the one of the most fucking elitist private it's schools. Much the Most elite private private school there is. So, soon, Rishi Sunak, our current PM, he's a cunt. Uh, went to Winchester, which is probably Eton's main competitor. Okay. Right, you can expect annual fees of up to forty-five thousand pounds if you attend Windsor. That's mensal. No, Windsor, Winchester, Winchester. Sorry. That is ridiculous. That's a full working wage for. Oh, it's more than kids. most people's fucking annual kids. salary. That is. Send your kids to school. Bizarre. Well, there's arguments on kind of both sides, I guess. Is they private institutions? Are they businesses? Uh, Government run. No, 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 they're Private. Okay. Interesting. So I think they can teach their own curriculum. No, I don't know how it works. Maybe. Yeah, they would. They definitely do different things anyway. And you will get much more opportunity as a student of one of them. But obviously, you pay. The premium, so like if you went to a state funded comprehensive, I don't think, and unless you've read into it, I don't think you can quite comprehend like the level of opportunity afforded mm. to kids that go to private school. So yeah. we'll use Eton as an example and their sports facilities, right? Oh, this is insane! Right, so Eton is in it's near Windsor, I think, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's in London, something. yeah. And like you can assume that the annual fees are about 50 grand a year um, or something, They're about 100, they? right? Okay, so if you send your kids to Eton. These are the sport. These are the sporting opportunities that they can expect to be afforded. Right. So Eton has forty football and rugby pitches, a two-kilometer rowing lake. <laughs> right. Nineteen cricket pitches. <laughs> f- no. Fifty tennis courts and four floodlit artificial surfaces. That's class. Yeah. Imagine that. I couldn't even name forty football pitches near us. You know, if I put all the local parks together... Also, right, this is a a curveball from that information. How many professional footballers have come from Eton? None. Exactly. Because it's traditionally a working class sport, isn't it? Yeah. So all, all... Right, if you think of the fucking... The cream of, like, English football, they all grew up in... Working class... Inner city Manchester or something. In, in, yeah, in working class, inner city upbringing. Phil Foden, generational talent. Playing football with a fucking tangerine on a street corner. Yeah. Jumpers for goalposts. Exactly. They're not, they're not they attending they are not attending fucking... So, why have all the fucking wet-lipped toffs <laughs> in Windsor got 40 football pitches at their disposal? I imagine, like, cricket and rugby, there's probably some, isn't there? I guess, because they're a bit more posh. Rugby, like... Is a lot Pop, more privately public educated, public but it is, again, like more work. It's more working class professional players are starting to drip feed through now, but it's still predominantly traditionally. Fed, I but. think it is, uh, but that is just crazy. Imagine that is like so. You've got like a David Lloyd on steroids as part of your school. So I haven't listed it here, but I was reading an article yesterday, and I think across Eton, there are eighty football and rugby teams. Wow, eighty. So like, so, like, how many did we have at school in our year? One. One per year. And if you weren't good enough to make the first team, yeah. you didn't make any team, basically. Yeah. You can assume with that many teams, everyone's in. Basically, everyone's in some form of team. That's bollocks, isn't it? So they, must you- have, they must run their own, like, in inside school, like, leagues. Yeah, they do, because it's like, well, you don't. Well, so, look like at university, Wednesday afternoons are for sports. Yeah, same with the, same commando unit. That's yeah, I mean. so that's that's a public school thing. <laughs> oh, is it? So like on Wednesday is like into house games yeah, and shit. Yeah, sports may you call it in the court. Yeah, yeah. it's a public school thing. That's so a, like I mean, like they will they will just play each other if they can't find any yeah, other schools to play. The best games. thing about the jo- about the job like, is Wednesday afternoon. Uh, any good unit anyway when you're not too busy, you'll just cut away and play football or whatever for the afternoon. It's sick. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Um, and then you'll go and get pissed. But it's probably the same in a public school but yeah it creates a certain type of of individual as well doesn't it yeah who more often than not end up at the fucking top of our society telling us how we should live our lives yeah when they're not really spent a day in a normal person's shoes yeah Boris <laughs> because, Johnson being the prime example yeah, of that yeah well if your education right costs about three times the average living wage then per year by the way then you're probably out a little bit out of touch aren't you? yeah well, the main thing that private school education kind of implements into pupils that attend private school is self-confidence, I think. Oh, yeah. Because from, yeah. from whenever you attend private school, you're basically taught to back yourself. Yeah, but that's huge in every job. Because yeah, this is why the politicians that we all fucking loathe and resent can walk into a room not knowing anything about the subject matter and just fucking lie through their teeth and go off about it for an hour. Mm. Yeah, well, because inherently they've they have just got such fucking inbuilt self belief. They also because they have, from what I've been exposed to, anyway, because they have better fun obviously better funding and a little bit more control of their curriculum. They do emphasise the soft skills a little bit more. So, like communication, the debating societies, all the rest of it, like standing up in front of people and talking, that's never encouraged you know, oh, in our. Oh, oracy. We don't. Yeah. When you do any public speaking at Summerhill Unless you're, you're pinged as the person who has to read Not of Mice and Men, which is, I'm like that stuttering because I fucking hated it. So I can think of two examples where we were kind of explicitly encouraged to speak publicly. In drama as well. That's oh, shit. Three. Right, okay. So we've got drama, which you stop doing in year eight, because mm. then you pick your options, don't you? Yeah, no one chooses drama. No one chooses drama. Yeah. No one chooses drama. <laughs> In English, like you said, when you're selected to read an excerpt from a book, which isn't really public speaking, no, because you're just reciting. you like this? You're reciting text. There's no, there's no engagement there, is it? It's just no, you're really not gonna more, engage a crowd. It's monotone. All you're doing is, is learning how to read out loud. That's all you're doing there. The third example I can think of was the short-lived debate society. Mm. Which basically, short-lived. which yeah, it, and by short lived I mean about four lunch times because it got banned at the end of the week because yeah. it basically just turned into kind of an insult match, didn't it? Yeah, cause, yeah. Because we'd be given a topic, and then people would kind of riff off that topic for about a minute, and then it would just turn into kind of a back and forth tennis match of like your mum's this, yeah, yeah. your dad yeah. does that. It's mad isn't it, though, because as soon as you get to uni, you do have to present your ideas. Well, Yeah, exactly. So that's why the kids that have been privately educated then excel and mm-hmm. go on to bigger things. And the kids that went to state school either step up or go back into their shells. Yeah, because I, was, I was, didn't go to uni. And so when you get in the Marines, you at some point have to give... The most school-like example is an interest lecture where you're given a topic and you have to run through it in front of the troop. But I was like, you have to do what? Because I, <laughs> I had never done that. I'd never even put together a presentation so I'm doing this like, thing off the template they've given me and it's all fucking new to me. I had to give, I think I mentioned this, I gave one on paedophile hunters, my first one. Um, so <laughs> these people that go around uh, and confront people like weird me. old men <laughs> like Eddie uh, <laughs> that have been messaging the fake account that this person's made. Anyway, I was fascinated by these people and delivered a shit lecture on them. But I was like terrible at it. Yeah. because I'd never ever done it and the only way to get better at it is by doing, doing more of it and it's petrifying well it was exactly the same at uni because mm-hmm. we'd get we'd get given kind of like assessed work that you'd have to present orally in and front. the present, presentation is part of the mark yeah exactly I'm not like, sorry what Yeah. I have to do what because <laughs> obviously like you do do a bit of it at school so like you'll do presentations in groups but you're kind of just playing lip service to it aren't you because well, you you, yes, you'll do it in groups right? which is kind of a cop out in itself yeah not, you get one bloke to do, do cuz you cuz you, you just nominate one person to do it and all of you would just hide behind the paper and giggle <laughs> wouldn't you that's so true that should be such that should be stamped the fuck out cuz it's hard to get through to to kids that that that's an important thing though isn't it but that is difficult. Yeah, because like we were saying last week, like we at, are we were idiots. At that age, you're an idiot, and you just want to do everything you can to fit in. And that's so, not fitting. So if you have to stand up in front of a large group of people and speak, and that's literally the opposite of what you want to be doing. Yeah, but you have to kind of because if you did that well, you'd be you'd give given ultimate status. Well, that's the thing though, isn't it? It's like privately. So you need school, to get that across. Because privately educated kids do it basically from birth. It's just normal to them. But they have prep school and then, you know. Because it's, it's like everything in life, it's like a learnt skill. So, like, the sooner you learn to do it, the more natural it feels. You know, it was polled as, like, the number one thing people are scared of ahead of death. I fucking public ha- speaking. I hate public speaking. I'm much better at it now because of what I've done as a job. And I think speaking in front of the camera helps uh, ish. Yeah, I know. Mean, it's I'm, not the same, but I'm is, getting uh, better at it. I, I fucking. Talking in front of the camera is still a bit weird. I don't mind yeah. talking in front of groups. If I'm doing something, like if I'm demonstrating something, I can move my hands. Mm. As long as there's some some kind of, something kinetic going on, I'm fine. It's like, you know, when you're stuck to like a podium Mm. and you can't move about, because that's when I get nervous and fidgety. Like if I can, I need like something cathartic to... Yeah, I always get shouted at because we would do um, presentations. I'd be on PowerPoint and obviously it's spacebar to get the next slide. And my coping mechanism would be to, like, smash the fuck out of my... <laughs> <laughs> like and my, yeah. my, my corporal was like, good presentation, but fucking... You've got, like, a weird tick where you beat the shit out of your computer. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I know, it's weird. Um, it's because I got I just got super nervous. But, yeah, you're right, it's something that we're never taught, and it's so important. Uh, and I think that is a big disconnect between comp schools and, and, and private schools because... And they have such a, a leg up in life because of that. And there's obviously the old adage of like it's who you know, not what you know. Oh, it's the networking. It? Yes. Yeah. So like once you're in that system and like you know people, mm. then you've got another massive advantage as well. But what I will say is it's a bit fucking aids as well. Like that from being exposed to this, the moms are just like playing their kids against each other. It's, it's literally like sex education. Like it's it's hundred percent accurate. Like. The mums are in little groups where they don't really like each other, they're just there because they're the mums, right, and they go to these coffee mornings or whatever, and then they'll be like, oh yeah, so, so and so, my kid's doing this, this and this, and they're just, like, playing against, like, fucking shit. But you're using your kid like a pawn. Yeah, exactly. It's not a game of chess, they're your child, it goes back to what we were saying, like, you want them to leave education, at whatever age it is that they leave, a well-rounded citizen. Yeah. You don't want to inflict a load of trauma on them because you well, want to... what them. happens. Because could, so what in, in, in inherently happens is the parents paid loads for the education. So typically, the parents work really hard to get that, that money, paid a shitload of money for their child to be educated. So when inevitably they go through the teenage years where they don't give a shit about education like every teenager goes, goes through, more pressure goes on the kid. More, 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 more. They have to do more work, do more like, uh, extracurricular stuff. And eventually it just becomes too much for the kid. They either rebel or they, like you say, there's some like low level trauma going on. This reminds me of what I was listening to a James Haskell podcast the other day. This reminds me of what he was saying because he was privately educated, mm. right? And when he left school, he wanted to do one of three things, right? So he either wanted to be a JCB driver. His dad said he couldn't do that because, yeah. like you said, he'd paid too much yeah. for his education to do that. He either wanted to be in the SAS. Mom said he couldn't do that because yeah. they haven't paid for that education to to be killed yeah. right? or he wants to be a pro rugby player so that's why he ended up <laughs> being know, a pro rugby player uh, but this, look, this, this yeah. is an example of like, what you were saying Like no, it is, yeah, it's, it's like a, it, because they've paid for the education because they've paid for the education they feel like they can choose what their kid ends up doing well, even it's though, the wrong way around isn't it yeah ultimately it's like you've paid for your kids to have all these tremendous opportunities let them pursue it in whichever way they want yeah it's a major thing and that does I think manifest a little bit When you see, certainly when you see people going off for like gap years and traveling and stuff, when it's normally upper class people, right, who go and do that. Certainly, middle middle to upper class, if they've been privately educated, they'll go and do it for years because they've been pushed through this, like, you know, carbon copy like system for 18, 20 years and now they're gonna well I'm gonna go and yeah, you just whatever. rebel don't you yeah, exactly. you want what you can't have Yeah. Always. so it, it's like it's like a uh, pressure valve isn't it like it builds up it builds up and then eventually it'll just pop mm. and you go mental you grow dreadlocks you yeah. get railed in Australia for a three, few years you yeah. have a nervous breakdown you come back you live with mum and dad <laughs> you know a few girls like yeah, that. <laughs> yeah I'm waiting for them to come home <laughs> crawling back crawling back <laughs> to my son. <laughs> you had to go there. <laughs> Lowering the tone again. <laughs> Anyways, bring it back. Number three. Uh, Gen Z kids. Number three. Okay. Yeah. Is it their fault or? Well, this is what we <laughs> need to discuss, isn't it? No. Um. So what? Go on. What? What? What's the other the, thought? Process? So Gen Z, for anyone who doesn't know, is I think kids that were born after, kind of like. Is it? Are we included in Gen Z? I think we are. Think just are aren't we like, not? Yeah. We are. It's not. it's it's kind of mid to late nineties onwards. Gen Z, yeah, I think ninety-five probably on wasn't it? Yeah, so like the tech generation, isn't it? I guess. Yeah, so basically. So we, generation. I think we're wrongly grouped with Gen Z because we just about escaped. We missed the bug a little bit, didn't we? It was like just like we were talking about last week. Just about year ten, year nine was was like social but, media. That, that was perfect because we, at that age, you just about know better. Yeah, where you you kind of know what you're getting but into. Also, at least. It, like, they were introduced Instagram and the rest. Of it. it wasn't what like it wasn't like it is now. No so we basically TikTok wasn't a thing. We yeah. got like soft launched Tinder wasn't a thing. We got soft launched in social media, didn't we? Yeah, which is much better like now if you think so it's 2023 now. If you were you know, if you're 16, you could have been probably 10 and then like TikTok, Tinder, all these sort of random shit that's coming out is is there for you to pick up whenever you get there. So like we we know I know you know, when I go for a run in the morning at school time, I'll see kids who are year seven, year eight, going to school, they've got iPhone 15, you know, like fucking scrolling through TikTok or whatever. It's like that is so bad, really. If you think about from a, a development point of view, like we were on about our phones last time. Like year 10 probably had like a Nokia Blackberry or whatever. Um Yeah, so like we... We had like a kind of like an analogue childhood. Yeah. And then, at like, young, in early teenage years, a device was placed in front of us. But it wasn't like it is. Like, you have now like a computer on your phone, like you can access anything at the age of 12. That's I know, like, not RI positive. That's what I'm trying to say. So, kids nowadays have just been from birth had a screen in front of them. Mm-hmm. So like, they can't see the wood for the trees because it's just all they've known. Yeah. They never knew the before time, basically. And we really... I, I can't really remember what it's like not to have a fucking... Not to have social media or... Because it's been so... From 16, it's 10 years now, really, isn't it? It's like, so, right, so this is a bit off topic. You know, like, like the like the concept of play is crucial when you're a kid. Mm. Like, playing, like, interacting with other kids your age, mm. playing with stuff, like, exploring adventures and that. Yeah. Do kids not do that now? Are they just like playing for Angry Birds on a screen? I've seen a lot of cases where like a kid will kick off, and then mom will just like thrust an iPad in front of him or something. But like that's a massive part of like your socialization as a kid, like being able to yeah, play and interact like with other kids. Two to four, or two or something like that. those ages are so instrumental. If you're not interacting with with other kids. And, like, not and like problem you know. solving with, like, fucking bricks and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, doing all those shit puzzles yeah. that you do as a kid. That has such a trickle-up down, like trickle up effect, if you like, to when you're older and you have little social anxiety, weird things or whatever. Sensory stuff. I'm not a baby expert, by the way. This is just mm. fucking very rudimentary. Knowledge. Sensory stuff as well. You know, you're supposed to give kids, like, a lot of different textures and stuff with their toys. Mm. So, so, like soft, so they, so they get used to it. So they get exposed to different, uh, like, feelings and stuff. Yeah. And you're supposed to stimulate them in different ways. Yeah. Like they're just consistently getting a glass screen. Well, did that's did fucking did it? bollocks, that's, isn't it? that's that's obviously one one bit of tech. That's yeah, that's no good, is it? Yeah, well, we're only going to see the the outcome of this in probably a couple of years' time when that generation that's really just been just being born kind of thing. Like last maybe maybe if they're like five now, mad. Their entire entire life is going to be. It's kind of becoming AI and all this sort of it's shit. It's still kind of becoming apparent with like people that are entering early adulthood now no that's what I mean so imagine so it's going to be more... those five year olds now that are 18 imagine that what? yeah it's just going to be even more pronounced isn't yeah. it so can we blame them no nah, it's not their fault or are they just Mate, a symptom it's... of modern society well like you haven't watched social dilemma but anyone who has on Netflix it's basically the idea that the social networks are all and you'll know this are all engineered to just create the perfect environment so that humans don't leave that platform so it's like instant gratification it's like a slot machine the way it works and you're getting notifications to say oh Eddie tagged you in a photo so yeah and you go back to Facebook and all, this, all the rest of it <clears throat> so everything on that app is designed so a human psyche stays on that app and unless you're cognitive cognizant of that you're not going to be able to get around that I'm I'm aware of it and even I fall into the TikTok trap and I'm like Ugh. well yeah because they're so addictive yeah but if you're year seven and you haven't got any, you're not, you're not really thinking, well, I'm wasting time here because you don't give a fuck. You're just going to spend hours and hours and hours on that. Yeah, so if you link this back to education, like you said, these social media platforms encourage instant gratification, don't they, to keep you on the app. Yeah. That's kind of the antithesis of meritocracy, isn't it? The well, idea that yeah. if you work at your education, you'll get good grades. In like, five years. In five years. No one gives a fuck about if that. If you've no. grown up with TikTok, and, you... and every ad's like, yeah, six-pack in t- two weeks. It's like that is... It well, it, always, it, all it pedals is the notion that you can have something that's super valuable, i.e. the six-pack, in zero time, i.e. two weeks, with zero effort. So that if you play that out to everything else, you have someone who thinks they can get valuable things with no effort immediately, which isn't the way the world works. But this is the Andrew Tate Lambo example, isn't it? Yeah. This is the ki- kids now turning around to teachers saying... You know, what's the point in me doing English? Is it going to get me a Lambo, miss? Or, like, what's the colour of your Bugatti? <laughs> yeah, what's the colour of your fucking Bugatti Veyron? Like, it's mental, isn't it? It's but, like, like, that mindset is only going to manifest down the line in ultimately in, in poor mental health or in depression because you now have an expectation of the world... That's not to, true. ...to give you valuable things that you want with zero effort immediately, which isn't ever going to happen. That that exchange is never going to happen. So if your expectation is is outside of the realms of possibility, you're always going to be coming disappointed, which is a recipe for unhappiness and unfulfillment. Unfortunately, it's quite bleak, isn't it? It is, but it's <laughs> true, though. Oh, it's not all bad. I feel quite morbid. It's not all bad, though. So social media, I will say, is horrendous for all the things we've just said. However, caveat to this is it's also a time in the a time in the the human's timeline where people have the most opportunity ever to have a freeing and fulfilling career like that is that's the that's the like golden goose of social media but you've got to harness it in the right way and you, I was let say, it take you, you do have a wealth of knowledge at your disposal you have an infinite amount of information it's how you it's how, how you utilize it and use it and what you expose yourself to we spoke about a lot a lot uh, in the past of kind of echo chambers and the rest of it, <clears throat> obviously you feed the algorithm what you're interested in, it feeds you back more of that stuff. So if you're always, you know, exposing yourself to negative things, then all you see is negative things. And that is no good for your mental health, whereas the opposite's true as well. If you always think about self-development and working out and fucking, I don't know, building your finances, educating yourself, or if all these things are what you consume, then all you consume is, all you get more of that is that so it's a positive feedback loop but it works both ways so you do need to be cerebral around it and thinking is this you is is the time I'm spending on social media on purpose or I'm being am I just like being dragged down the rabbit hole by the by the algorithm yeah but it's a weird one because it is so negative in so many ways but so positive in, in kind of in some certain way i wouldn't be able to do what I do I deep this so much it's mental mm, you, hope, you're a full time Walt now thanks to social media yeah it's mad isn't it like no one even yeah. knows how much of a sack I am it's weird because like if you think about it like 20 years ago if you wanted to do what you do now you would have had to just gobbed off in the pub to locals yeah. about all lot like, the time in, you spent in SF and that <laughs> but now because of the internet yeah. like you can just reach out to strangers on the internet <laughs> and do it <laughs> it's mad isn't it yeah. no, it's mental like, that, like, I deep that quite a lot though the fact that Five, five years ago, maybe six. There's no, there's no way I could be doing what I do, which is just mental. Yeah. Like, so you. I always think about where is it going to be in in six years? Because it's so it's so fast. Probably moment. be able to tell aliens that you did tours of afghan Yeah, hopefully. Me and Farron Morgan, <laughs> <laughs> cracking up. Yeah, uh, wonder if like you get storming on Mars as well. Uh, I imagine they, they need storming everywhere. I think imperative job. Keep working. <laughs> <laughs> right, we need some solutions to the education conundrum. Okay, so the lowest hanging fruit probably is to fuck the Tories off. That's pretty low. Real, I mean, realistically, I mean, before yeah. we get into like the nuts and bolts of it, the lowest yeah. hanging fruit is to, to fuck do a little switcheroo. Fuck the Tories off. Get a government that actually funds education properly. Yeah, we're gonna get that probably. And the then ev- everything else will come after that. Yeah. You need if you can not get your funding, you're not gonna do anything, are you? No, we're gonna get that. I think anyway. That's gonna come. So yeah. Uh, so realistically, we need skills, not exams. Don't we? I think that's kind of the crux of what we're saying. Mm, yeah, we need to give people kind of tools, tools they can actually then use in later life, as opposed to certificates with numbers and letters with on them. Meaningless, <laughs> absolutely meaningless. No one gives a fuck. My <laughs> the job I worked in, well, both jobs I actually worked in that have been not my own, have been uh, pretty much not give a fuck about what I got in my guns. This is funny. Right, I haven't thought of this before. So what I now do, like the barrier to entry for it, like theoretically is like a two-week course. I did a proper level three course, right? <laughs> to get to that point, I did GCSEs, two years of a levels three years of uni undergrad and a master's degree. That's fantastic. And I've ended up doing something theoretically that you don't actually need to be qualified for. That's class. I did know that. That's f- well, this is exactly the same. So educationally, what I from what I've done for seven years of my working life requires an eight week PT course. That's it. Yeah, same. Like that's it. Like that's mental. You spent five years learning how to be a professional soldier. Yeah, and then <laughs> another couple of years, a couple of months learning how to be a coach. But neither of those things required formal educational qualifications. Mental. That's and weird. you spent you spend the entire your entire youth trying to get them. So just to completely undermine, like, fucking exams and certificates even more, once we left school, they changed GCSE grades, yeah, didn't to, they? to, like, numbers, not they? So, like, now when I talk to yeah. someone younger than me about what they got in their GCSEs, I don't know what they fucking got anyway. Because they give me numbers instead of letters. And that'll be exacerbated, the older you, you in that situation is. So if you are going to an employer and, they, and you're like, yeah, I've got three in... It's like, what? What the fuck's a three? Hey. Have you got an eye or not? Yeah. You fucking thick cunt. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be good interviewer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not that bloke on TikTok. Yeah. These are things you want to do to impress employers. <laughs> he's fucking jarring. Get your chopper out on the desk. <laughs> yeah, he's so jarring. He's fucking mad. He shouts at the camera, mate. Yeah, that's good. Isn't he? <laughs> I'm good. i well in an interview. Yeah. You've got various personality defects. <laughs> yeah. And you can't control the tone of your voice i would be good in a library yeah so this skill's not exam idea right can we can we fucking wheedle national service into this somewhere surely because oh, you yeah, spoke yeah. about I, this didn't we about, when we talk about soft skills and, and and just the ability to like yeah we spoke about it ages ago I can't remember when, but it was like thinking about discipline time management punctuality all the skills that are fundamental traits that we talked about the other week uh, things that are important in a workplace to actually hold down a job. And obviously the the skill set of the job is, is outside of that, but it should be, school should serve as like a, a foundation, effectively, like just a, a sort of, yeah, like a, a foundation to then build off when you want to go and do specific courses. So you should, be, you should have a really good employable person who is respectful, who is punctual, who is, disciplined, self-motivated all the rest of it if they are all of those things and you've instilled all of those things into this person when you then go and try and teach them how to be if you if you say what are you interested in and they go fucking tech and then you go okay cool You're all, you've all got all of these traits we're going to now educate you in how to be a genius at this fucking thing then they're a hoofing employee yeah that is, that's the crux of it really isn't it yeah because it doesn't matter if you go to a job interview it doesn't matter if you fucking know what trigonometry is are yeah. you a solid capath. Yeah, exactly. Basically, yeah. That's basically what you're employed They really with. care about two things, don't they? They care about can you do the job, so the the skill that we think about here, so whatever job it may be, and are you able to like be a functioning member of a team or society effectively? So, you know, can you work well with others? Can you fucking be a part of a, a well working team? Can you kind of motivate other people? Can you bring good energy to work? All these kinds of things that aren't we're we'll learning in an exam hall. None of them are assessed in the exam hall, uh, and the other bit they care about is: can you do the specific job we care? We think you you're applying for, and again, ninety percent of the things you do in an exam aren't gonna it's work, aren't gonna to work you, towards that. If you think about what you leave school with and what you need for the job market, it's like trying to fit a fucking circle into a square hole. Yeah, literally. it's just it's just a mismatch isn't it. Yeah, it's just it's it's kind of completely. It's completely mismatched. It's, it's the thing is, I guess the idea behind it, isn't it, is that you you get that and that's your base. They've gone the other way, really, like the base of of, of intelligence, and then you would have the ability to then go and learn other things because you have this kind of initial aptitude that you've got going on. I think that's probably the idea because then you're supposed to specialise in college and then into uni, aren't you? Mm, that's I maybe the I don't idea. don't like that. To be honest, I think it's the it's the opposite way around. We should not. We shouldn't be. We shouldn't be focusing the education system around exams, it should be around people, skills. Well I also think as well there's too much of a focus on making people like well all rounders. So Jimmy this is straight from Jimmy Carr, to be honest. But you know, if the world doesn't need more people who are shit at physics. So if you're shit at physics, right, and you've got a D, school says, Right, well let's bring you up to a C in physics. The world doesn't need people who have got C's in physics, mate. If you're, again, a D in physics, but you're an A in English, let's fucking nurture that A in English, mate, and make you hoofing at one thing. Because if you've got something that you're passionate about and you're kind of naturally predisposed to be good at, then let's fucking do that. You don't need to be good at this other shit that no one else... No one gives a fuck if you're average at everything else. But we're the perfect perfect example of that. Because we hated maths. Yeah. We took it a year early in year 10, foundation paper, got yeah. a C, got our pass, yeah. did statistics the following year, way better at statistics. Yeah. I got an A, mm. I and we'll all, a all the better for it. Yeah. And I actually, the stuff I learned in statistics, I actually use now. Yeah, so exactly. imagine if we hadn't taken it early and we'd just done another year of maths. And to get maybe a B or or a high whatever. C, yeah. as opposed to just a C. Which they would, they would encourage you to do. But the thing is, like, a high C to us... Makes no fucking difference, but it's their shit league table. Probably it's a few no, extra exactly. points, isn't it? That's the that's the fundamental problem in it. But it's such a, a weird thing where we just think, oh, okay, we need to get. I mean, everyone needs to be good or mediocre at everything. But no, you don't need people who are mediocre at everything. Especially some of the arbitrary things that you learn as well. Like you said, the physics example. Yeah. Like it's not like personal finances. We'll use this example again. Yeah. Like if you have a if you come, you out, need a base understanding. Of you that. do you need a base understanding. But you don't of even that. get that. But you don't even get that. So, so like, if you were taught that and you came out with a base understanding of it, that's good. That's enough, If yeah. you come out with a really kind of base understanding of physics and you hate physics, you're <laughs> never going to use that again in your life. It's <laughs> mental. But if you've wasted, like, because again, if you're bad at it, you're going to spend a disproportionate amount of time trying to be better at it, right? So, again, the, the example of if you're... Predisposed naturally to be good at and enjoy English, you've then spent less time doing English that you actually enjoy and are good at. So you've come out less good at the thing you're really good at and enjoy and a little bit better at the thing that you shit at. How's that fucking positive? Fuck it. Oh, you know, I've just done a lot. So we talk about fizz now. So I'll use the example of swimming here. So if you watched last week's episode, you know that I hate swimming. <laughs> Why didn't they, they let me fuck swimming off and just let me loose in the gym? Yeah. Is Remember the, the gym that we had in the sports hall? Yeah. That mad, like, fucking multi-gym thing. I just unlocked a memory. Yeah. forgot we had that. I've used We used it once. We used it for, like, four sessions in year 11 or something. Yeah, probably. Why yeah. don't they introduce you to that younger? But, I would have been in my I'll elements. I'll tell you why. Because Mr. Wessie <laughs> was wasn't a, fucking a fucking weed, team, wasn't he? <laughs> <it? laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking. You probably got injured, mate. You'd be like, yeah, fucking lap all down. I was wrong. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's... Well, PE is another good example, isn't it? Because like we did, oh, you do your fucking loads of shit. Like when did, we did movement in year eight, which is dance for anyone that's not not in the know. Because mm. you'd be you'd be fucking forgiven for not knowing what movement was. Because yeah. they rebadged dance effectively, yeah, to, didn't get, they? To get the lads a bit more invested, which didn't work. And we we basically had to choreograph uh, a dance routine to a football song in the style of like a, a goal celebration, didn't we? Meant to, to make it that. as like. To make it Just as high, la- but Again, trying to appeal to everyone like you can't. To make it as lad-friendly as possible. Yeah. Just, right, if you any aspiring PE teachers out there who want to take on the national curriculum, what you should do to lads, right, who are in Year 7, give them a football yeah. every PE session up until Year 11, and then, be ha- <laughs> and then they'll be happy. Just leave them to it. Yeah. Well, what you do is you would have, like, a subset of sports that normally kids like, boys like. You'd go, okay... Ah, oh, if you're gonna play football, ah oh, if you're gonna play rugby. The end of it, come back to me. What did you enjoy? If you enjoyed it, keep doing that. If you didn't enjoy it, we'll try you on rugby tomorrow. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. so easy, isn't it? And then you leave- And then you might have fucking an half decent national tea. Yeah, and then let I don't know, let the fucking let the learning sport teacher have a group of like weedy kids and they can do racket sport. Yeah. Or cricket. Okay. <laughs> Is that not a racket sport? It's a bat, isn't it, it's technically? A bat, technically, yeah. Technical, they that? can do public school sports. In Scotland, technically, it's a, it's a homosexual martial art. It <laughs> <laughs> That's a Frankie Ball. Yeah, too. I recognise I, I recognise that. That's great. Uh, anyway. so, yeah, so PE is another example where you spend a lot of time doing shit that you're never going to use and you don't enjoy mm. when you could actually be getting kids excited about moving. You know, because kids are incredibly sedentary nowadays. Yeah. Why don't you let them do the type of exercise they actually enjoy doing? Also, a big bugbear with physical, physical education is the lack of basic nutritional understanding anyone has, the lack of basic movement that understanding that anyone has. So like We see people day in, day out in JD Gym not able to do an air squat, not able to do a deadlift, not able to do basic hip hinge squat lunge movements. How can they not? How can be that inept at just human movement? You're human. But with the nutrition, the nutrition thing comes back to biology, doesn't it? So, like, you spend a load of time in biology learning about, like, photosynthesis, which is. Yeah, how plants fucking absorb things. Which is next to useless to everyone apart from fucking Bill Oddie. Yeah. Right. They don't learn how we absorb things. That's (laughs) good. That's me. Right, so who sat down, right, and thought, right, so we need to teach kids how plants absorb light. But what we don't need to do is teach them how to fucking make better food choices. Yeah, what we don't need to do to to an ever ever growing obesity uh, problem is teach them how to lose fat. We don't need to do that because the thing is right. And James Smith is a testament to this. It's fucking so simple. Like basic nutrition is really really simple, and you and you'll you'll be like, obviously testament to this. But like it's it's. Energy in, energy out, right? And that's... That's it. That's energy balance. You don't learn, any, you don't learn energy balance. You don't even learn that. James and Smith... And we've just explained it in five seconds. James Smith wouldn't have a fucking career if that was in national curriculum because it's so stupidly simple. The reason people can be misinformed now by people on the internet is because there was never someone at like year nine which went, guys, this is how it works. Anyone tells you anything different? They're chatting shit. Because no one got taught that as a kid, now someone can go, oh, it's actually your insulin that plays with your hormones, and that makes you store fat here and here and here. And people can go, oh, fucking really? No, no, not really. Yeah, but like, so what? So what? Yeah, because no one in year eight told me that if I consume more energy than I burn, I'll put on weight. Fundamentally, that is, it's, and that's James Smith's made an entire six-year career out of. It, yeah, and that's mental. And I intend to do the same. Yeah, well, this is, like you wouldn't need to. And the same with movement, movement in the gym. Why do we have to be? Why do we need a PT to stand next to you and go, this is how you squat. That should be done at fucking year six, seven, eight. That's a basic movement. How do you get off the toilet? It's mental, mate. This <laughs> you know, is a bit random. You know that Phil Campion bloke? Yeah. Like the XSF ex- yeah, 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 sf bloke? Yeah. He's lost loads of weight recently. He's, yeah. like, he's on a bit of a health kick. And I was listening to him being an interviewed. You know the reason why he decided he needed to lose a load of weight? Because oh. he couldn't wipe his arse anymore. <laughs> It's that simple, isn't it? Yeah. Like he, he was struggling to fucking squat down on the shitter, and when it came to wiping his ass, he couldn't. That's mad. It's fucking mental. It's like uh, it's, it's, it's so basic. Yeah. Like do the basics well, as we said last week. Never get to the point where you can't wipe your ass, because yeah. fundamentally that is an issue. Yeah, you don't want to be getting anyone to help you wipe your ass and you, you don't want to be walking around with a shitty ass either yeah, so both of those situations aren't great either. Are they no uh, but yeah I think the, the we'll brush over the fizz thing a little bit but like the just learning basic nutrition and how to move and how to maybe basically improve fitness and stuff is should be just a fundamental piece because you you spend that time learning movement or whatever we were fucking do yeah movement what yeah. else do we do? loads of shit loads, loads of shit rounders and that about. Yeah, like rounds as well. But then, like you'd like good sports that like we probably should spend more time in, like basketball. Mm. You don't do any. Well, you I look at the same. We had like four week blocks that we have every sport, whereas like every sport doesn't warrant a four week block. No movement didn't warrant five minutes. Yeah, let alone five weeks. And like sports that don't have a national league, fuck them off. Yeah, exactly. We need more footballers. Yeah, so skills, not exams, I think is what we can take from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the second one's a bit of a pipe dream, but I'll cling on to it. Abolish private schools. <laughs> right, yeah. End yeah. the education apartheid in the UK. Or you should have, like, um, you should still have them, but like 20% of their rev has to go to the government, isn't it? So this, I think they are like, so because now private schools are getting a load of heat, Eton are starting to do this. Yeah. They're trying to up their charity work, you know, try and come across like they're kind of man, man of the people. Yeah, yeah, philanthropists. doesn't really wash, because no. like they're still pocketing a lot of coin. But they are, it's, like, it's kind of like a, uh, I don't know, like a hearts and minds operation, is it? Or at least like they've got to make their facilities accessible to less privileged kids. Yeah, they should have like on weekends or something. They yeah, it's like open gym or something. To like the open gym, yeah, to like the um, the surrounding <laughs> community. Sure, I mean, like, not that the people of Windsor need it; they should bush them in from less privileged <laughs> areas. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. the fucking people of fucking what are the royal family going to get? Bu- yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's I don't know. You probably couldn't abolish them, but it, it should be just it more evenly spread in terms of like because we've been talking about the entire time is the fact that so, um, skills are what we need and what and like we said about the on the public school thing is they get taught skills more uh, and so outside of the networking thing or the who, know, who you know not what you know the ability to just teach sk- kids in normal schools skills would bridge the gap anyway yeah so there'd be less of a demand actually for oh, unfortunately school. I don't think that's going to happen which makes me very sad no your, uh, your little Marxist dreams and, doesn't seem to come to fruition today my thirst for revolution is quite worrying yeah really, especially during that time you spent in France <laughs> cheese eating surrender monkey might join the French Foreign Legion yeah after, after, the, Ra- Ra- after the Raf Reg yeah know. is that a common career path normally trodden in the military yeah RAF Reg then Foreign <laughs> Legion probably not but yeah the Raf Reg can stand toe to toe mate so you don't need to go anywhere else <laughs> I do hope we have a them, listener. He Reg listener who just cries at the end of every episode. mud guards on. <laughs> that's what we call them. <laughs> um, anyway. So then what's it? Basically, like, this is, it's a pretty boring answer, but we need a massive overhaul of what kids are actually taught in school. Yeah. Basically. That's, that's what we've been through, isn't it, really? Yeah. But it's... Uh, yeah, hopefully you agree. But if you think of any kind of... If you've got any questions or any inputs about maybe your own experience in, in the education system or, or otherwise, then put them below. Cause be so so like it. me and you have a very narrow kind of perspective on education because we went to the same school at the same time. Mm. So if there are any listeners out there who are younger or older, yeah, or true. who were privately educated or kind of went to a, a kind of less affluent school. Let mm. us know. I'll be interested to know how you got on. That's true. Yeah, is, I'm sure it's different for, for everyone. Because we've obviously got a very biased view. We're basically just soundboarding off each other. Because yeah. we had exactly the same school experience effectively. Yeah, in the same form. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's true. So if you have got anything uh, outstanding, then um, bang in the comments. We'll go through the final segments, shall we? Yeah, so we've got underrated, overrated it's either underrated you've charmed me or it's overrated well that was fucking dreadful yeah Uh, do you want to go first or shall I? ooh Uh, you go first okay so this is a bit of a funny underrated overrated but it is topical so the XL Bully Bat oh yeah we're a bit late to this yeah point. we are a bit late to we party, should have covered it last week but um i thought we'd be I thought it? underrated <laughs> or overrated <laughs> <laughs> the forced culling <laughs> of xl bullies well you know what i mean are you in favor or are you not all oh, right guys, okay, so we've it? rejigged it slightly yeah, yeah. so underrated overrated. <laughs> the killing of family pets He's <laughs> massively underrated no they're not at one point, I thought that they were gonna like force like a. Stop uh, that force put down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So for anyone who's not in the know, there's under a rock, basically a specific breed of bulldog is being um, kind of banned. Effectively, they you know they're trying to muzzle them and sedate them a, a little bit. They get well. They're gonna have to. They'll be muzzled in public, and they're gonna have to ne- get them neutered, neutered. I think. Yeah, because there was there was loads of or a few spates of fatal attacks by these dogs which is obviously mental so I don't know so I obviously followed it in the news a bit Mm. to the extent that my interest would allow Mm. but I've never actually come across an XL bully I don't think no I I think I might have done once but they look very similar to Rottweilers so it's difficult to tell I'll be honest I'm not keen on that breed of dog like aesthetically, no. it's certainly not a dog that I would own. I wouldn't. Uh, I, w- I probably wouldn't get one because just because, yeah, like you say, aesthetically and, and temperamentally, I wouldn't.
1: Really but I don't know really how naturally
0: aggressive are they, and how much is it just like media hysteria? Okay, is it so more about training than it is the actual temperament? So they're really of the crit- dog? protective of their owners. So or well, master. So if you're their owner and you're not in full control, because they'll be really protective of you. If someone comes, or if it's another dog or another human, like tries to be a little bit aggressive towards you, or maybe they interpret it that way, then they can fucking run amok, basically. And they're so strong and aggressive if they want to be, all the rest of it. Then there's really no control in them past a certain point. Like if that 60 kilo bastard pulls on the lead, you have to be a bit stro- pretty strong to to call it, don't you? Yeah, see, that's an issue because you can be the most alpha bloke in the world, you'll never fully be in control. It, it, well, from a dog's perspective, anyway, because say if you're on a walk mm. and out of nowhere a cyclist just comes past someone, but like they could perceive that to yeah, be yeah. like your mass, like my mass is under attack. Yeah. So they then lurch for a cyclist, and if, and if you're they- not, even if you are expecting it, but if you're not, and they pull and they're sixty kilos. And he then attaches himself to the calf of the cyclist and doesn't let go. So, seen it. cyclist now got like a sixty kilo dog just hanging from his leg. Yeah, that's not going to end well, is it? Not for anyone. Apart from the dog. Dog's probably all right, yeah. but um, until he gets put down. <laughs> 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 um, but no, I think that's the main issue. That, that inherently, naturally, they're really protective. Obviously, have the capacity to be extremely dangerous when they want to be. So if they're not trained properly, or if they tra- they're trained in a way where they're used as an aggressive weapon, which they are as well at some points, so like gang members have them and use them as like a big status symbol, which is just horrendous. Because if you, if you're walking, if you're walking your dog, and you see that mate, like a big salivating sixty kilo fucking muscle. Um, dog. It's like that's an issue sport. as well, though, with the kind of like gang ownership as well, because then like the breeding goes underground, doesn't it? Yeah, it's not even responsible breeding. Then you probably like it with test or some <laughs> fucking hell Mate, an, imagine, an XL bully on test. Like, you no, know, you would, don't. dog on heat, like literally, quite literally. Like, if you were wanting to make a dog the most like you know successful weapon it could be, you could do that if you want, yeah, you, know, you could mad. like. You could engineer, bioengineer this dog to be like fucking mad. Like the, like the canine to be, equivalent of Bane. You have to be brave because if, if it turned on, you, you'd be fucked, mate. Yeah, you put it. In, what you do? You put it in a cage, right? You would inject it with text. Some caves up. And then you'd like indoctrinate it with like I don't know photos of other the gang members, you know, so he gets like <laughs> he gets eyes on, so he knows yeah, you, he, he knows you, the target. And then what you do is you fl- you flick his bollocks just to like really <laughs> rile him up, and then you capture this gang member and you just let him at him. Honestly, though, like some of the some of the videos of them going at people it's so scary. oh it's horrific like, isn't it I know you shouldn't really joke about it because people are actually fucking died from being attacked especially no. especially kids I know but it, like, like I say it's a bit of a, a it's a sensitive issue because there are XL bully owners that their their bulldogs is complete sweetheart and they, they wouldn't do anything so it's one of them that you're kind of you're walking at, we do have to walk at the slowest person's pace though I don't mean society so, well, that's what these kind of XL bully owners are learning, aren't they? Unfortunately, there are a lot of irresponsible dog owners out there. Well it's just like Jim Jeffrey says this, right? So I'm not this is quoted. He takes drugs like a champion. Right. <laughs> that's so a good, good sketch, though. So yeah. So when he, when he takes loads and loads of fucking heroin, for example, he's sound, mate, next day. He's not addicted, he's good to go. Whereas when little fucking Timmy down the road gets addicted and fucking dies from heroin addicts. Then he gets banned. He paints heroin in a bad light. Yeah. Heroin's great for Jim Jeffries. <laughs> but it's not great for everyone. Yeah. That's the moral of the story. So, well, your XL boy might be great for you. But uh, it's not great for the Liverpool gang member who's letting it loose on Dave down the road. Yeah, and it might not, it's not good for the mailman who he attacks. <laughs> yeah, imagine that, mate. You get like, your fucking hand bitten off. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So I don't know where I stand on this, though, because I still don't really know enough about it. But given that, like... They're not really my kind of dog anyway, you so if it, if it now means that I'm going to see less of them, it's mm. probably a good thing. Yeah, we know your stance on dogs, and know It's pretty much golden retrievers or cockapoos. You're, I'm very, I'm, yeah, it's weird because I'm quite, you know, I'm quite progressive, I'm quite a forward-thinking person in many regards, but when it comes to, like, dogs that I would kind of, like, own mm. as a pet, I'm very, like, Tory. Yeah, you are. I'm, like, I don't like, ever own, like, public school dogs. Yeah, a lot of that. literally like you said, like a Labrador or a Golden Retriever or a Cockapoo. Yeah. I get oh, I just love dogs, mate. Any any of them are fucking so I've seen you go out We Matthew. don't we don't deserve <laughs> we don't deserve dogs, mate. On a serious note. Um Morning fours. Yeah, exactly. I mean they're fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah. I would have most I wouldn't have a XL bully, I don't think, or a what while there a bit you are fucking German Shepherd now. you, you yeah. got it in your head because you've I've seen got... it on Joe Rogan. No, well, yeah. They are. But as puppies, right? They're super cute puppies. All puppies are cute. Yeah. XL bully puppies are they cute. Are, and so then they, they turn into fucking test heads. Yeah, but that, well, right, I'm getting into it. So they're cute puppies. And then they're loyal and intelligent as dogs. To be fair, there is, there is obviously a reason why a lot of fucking special forces use them. They're fucking so intelligent. Because they are very intelligent. And they can be really obedient, and they're active, which is everything I need from a dog. It picks all the boxes You don't see fucking cockapoos on Spec Ops, do you? (laughs) (laughs) Sniffer dog. Licking the the terrace to death. Sniffer dog comes out as fucking (laughs) cockapoo. With it it groomed. (laughs) With the dicky bow on. (laughs) Little fucking... Little chihuahua. Yeah, how long it says good boy on it. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be yours, good boy. Yeah, so... I don't know. Not really come to a conclusion, but I mean, thought we should talk about it because it's a big story in the moment. The news. Well, they're not going to die, so it could be worse. That's true. At least they're, they're just going to walk world. around with no fucking balls. I I um every time I see a dog in public now, because my TikTok pew page was like inundated with XL bully content. Yeah. Me. Every time I now see a good boy in in the street, and it it's like nice to me. It's got nice temp temperament. It reaffirms my faith in humanity. It's great. Good. Uh, yeah, I'd, I would like um, one of James Smith's dogs. What's that? A Kelpie. Kelpie. It's a cross, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, they're cute as fuck, but they, they he looks like a nightmare. These dogs. He's got like ADD dogs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just... He's got you as a dog. Yeah, like eight walks a day. Uh, anyway, go on. Uh, right, my underrated, overrated is uh, British festivals. Ooh. As in music festivals. Nice. Okay, what what's your stance? I fucking love festivals. So you think they're underrated? No, I think they're on. Un- I think they're increasing. So lot like, obviously, when you're younger, everyone goes through like the festival kind of phase, phase yeah. where you go. To- but then you kind of like you- people get a bit snobby towards festivals because they're out in the sticks. Because like, because pe- people feel like they're better than tents, effectively. Yeah, 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 But like, I don't think you should ever grow out of festivals. Are they great? Because they're super good. looked amazing this year. That's what I mean. So obviously, like well, as you get older, yeah. you go to different types of festivals. Year. But you should never stop going to festivals. No, that, you're right. So. <clears throat> the nail on the head there so like effectively at a certain age cream fields is good and at a certain age like Reading Fest and then all the rest of it and you start to evolve uh, through your festival going career until you're at Glastonbury and you, and you kind of mature then you know yeah exactly so depending on like the the line up effectively and what you're kind of into would depend on how old you have to be to go to a certain festival but I think you, yeah, you're right you never fully grow out of them I think they're um there there's always time for a festival. Oh, I had some great memories at the festival. Yeah, the Boomtown was phenomenal, mate. It was that was sensational, like yeah. the uh, the unrepeatable things happened on that weekend. Yeah, well, yeah. The um the first time so me and Eddie had been to Boomtown twice. The first time was like ah uh, was it your first festival? Mine was, was mine. my my nah, no because I did I did like three that summer. Oh, did you? Okay. So it was like my third festival, but like six months prior, I hadn't been to any. If right. that makes sense. Oh, so you've done like a... So I've basically just done a summer of festivals, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah that was My first festival it was Class, though. It was such a weird experience. Boomtown's so different to any other festival as well because it's literally a town. Well, it's, it shit. it's shit now, though. We need to cover this, actually. Yeah. Because oh, it's a real bugbear of mine. Like, Boomtown's downfall. Because when we went, it was mint. It was like the heyday of Boomtown. So, like, there was... So good. There was, it was literally like a, they would fully erect, like, a, a, a town... So like, there's buildings and everything. It's not like... You pop- actually go and watch it. Go and watch 2015 Boomtown after video on YouTube. It's like... It's meant... To, it does a good job of, like, depicting... I'll watch it later because it's sick. But, like, they literally hire actors to, like, <clears throat> method act people yeah. for the entire weekend. So, yeah. If you, so there's, like, the Wild West area, There's which is, like, a section of the town. There's, like, the, the Mayfair, which is, like, a rich bit. And all of these things have, like, themes. So the Wild West bit, everyone's dressed as cowboys and then there's like shutter doors and the rest of it. And then on the Mayfair thing, they throw money at you and everyone's like, a, Like the actors are all in suits and they're bankers or whatever. It's so, so classic. If you're walking round four cans of red KD <laughs> and you suddenly have an interaction with a cowboy... You don't know what the fuck's going on. You don't know on. what the fuck's going on, but it's good. It's class. And that, that, that was the first... Time. The second time it was a little bit worse, just because of the lineup, I think. And the weather was and not weather as good. So, like the first that year, like literally the stars aligned because the weather was amazing yeah, for, for, for us. But I mean, there was a mass fire. So, what was that? Yeah, I oh, did the, all that, the that cars burn. Eighty two cars burnt <laughs> down. That's why you get the coach. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, that was it. Was a super weekend. I said that the stars aligned because the weather was amazing.
1: We got well, headlined. We
0: were we were still young, so we were like naive. We didn't really know what we were getting into, no. but in a good way because everything was then. A positive because yeah, we went with no expectations because it was so good, it turned out even better than we could have imagined. I think, yeah, exactly. And then Madness headlined it, and then it's just so yeah, the lineup was good because obviously, then before it went like proper EDM, they'd yeah. cater for everyone. So if you had an eclectic taste in music like we did, there you was all- kind of pop between stands, couldn't yeah, you? there was always like, have something. There was a it. genre that everyone, every genre, was represented, so you That's never scary. got fed up of anything. Yeah, that was sick, man. Um, why has it got so bad now? I, th- I think, I think they went through a so one Co- of my, well. Covid finished <laughs> up a lot of festivals. That's the obvious. Yeah, isn't one it? of my clients ran um, solid Summer Fest, and he's good mates with the person who runs Boomtown, he said Covid fucked him up real bad because I think it well it took out a whole whole year or Two, two? Years. two festivals. Yeah, yeah. So that's fucking terrible for business, that, isn't it. So I think they almost went under, so they're probably building back up now. Like. It's like all live entertainment, though. It just got fully shafted by COVID, didn't it? Yeah, Yeah. which is but shame. Just build it's coming buildings. back now. Yeah, because like now, Boomtown's like half the size. They only open up one section, which is a reckon- shame. Yeah, but I reckon they'll build that, build on that, surely. Let's bring back Boomtown bigger. Yeah, vote, vote below for uh, a <laughs> <laughs> start <Boomtown> petition. petition. <laughs> Free the Boomtown massive. Yeah, anyway. uh, yeah, so I think you're right. I think, they're, I think they are fairly rated. But I do think people need, People don't... It's pe- when people get older then, they think that they're too good for festivals. That's my issue, I think. Mm-hmm. You're never too good for a festival. No, and if you've got loads of money and you think you are past camping, you can fucking get one of them Gucci glamping things. That's the classic about like, festivals now. It caters. You don't yeah, have to do... levels. You don't have to do the shit fucking piss wet field. Yeah. You can do glamping, like you said. There are tiers to this. It's great. Yeah, so I think it's, a, it's a, that's a good shout. They are... You, you never grow out of a festival. Take home message for today, bit rogue for a uh, education episode. But anyway, anyway um, yeah. So that is yes. Final section. Reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. <laughs> this is. I get. Are we we got We gotta. we gotta contextualise this because. I'm not gonna lie, we tried to find something in the news that was positive and we were struggling, weren't we? Because yeah. this is the week that Rishi Sunak's gone back on all of his green pledges. On full retard on, on drilling. There was a school brush there was a school bus crash yeah. on the motorway that killed it a few people. Fifty people involved or Yeah, yeah good, that, And Liverpool got robbed by VAR. Yeah, so not not a lot. It's to... not been a great week, Freddie. Yeah, so we were scr- we were scrambling a little bit. I mean, you were heavily involved in the first two. Um, so, so um, we we've settled on one that we did mention it a few episodes ago. It's a cop. was we, a cop out, really. Would isn't it, potentially isn't it? be the case. Nah, it's still it's still a reason to be cheerful for me anyway. I mean, if no one else okay. agrees. There's a recurring theme coming with these reasons to be cheerful. They they're increasingly reasons for you to be cheerful, <laughs> not not the actual listeners. True. Yeah. Well. Are we gonna say what it is? Yeah, yeah, uh, we've got it now. We've we've teed it up. Yeah, so it's now the fact that I am I'm into rugby, as we as we spoke about earlier on in the in the episode. I can now get on board with a lot of what rugby stands for, which I could I, I couldn't say for years past. To be honest, no, you used I was, to be very staunchly anti. rugby I used to be very anti rugby, and, and it was purely ignorance. To be honest, I'd never sat and watched a game or played a game. But this ties into what we were saying earlier about football and how frustrating it is to watch now. I think with football the way that it is, rugby now stands out like a beacon of hope. Yeah, because when I watch rugby, I see so many things that are absent in football that I would like to see in football that I just see in rugby happen because the game almost forces it to happen. So things so, like let's let's talk about that. So things like the teamwork aspect, for example. So I've said this a lot of times to you where I don't feel like you can just you have one player you can have a player who runs away with it a little bit in rugby but I don't think if you, if one player is, is maybe off the pace in rugby you're fucked yeah because everyone in like when you're rucking or when you've you know, when you, you know you've got a, a tackle goes in everyone's got to be good to go to get in that get involved if one person's just rapping, then the team's fucked yeah so like I miss tackling rugby so oh, yeah. like then you've given away a try really yeah exactly you? Like eight, 8 points equally with a scrum say if one person's not on the boil yeah You've given away like, a penalty exactly, and the other the way it goes like if you have just got one star player in football, that player can carry the team. Like Ronaldo did it for years, Messi did it for years. One star player in rugby because there's fifteen of them, it's hard, it's so much harder for them to stand out, which makes the game so much more balanced and means that. And I always think, what the fuck can't they pass forward? It's so stupid. But obviously, obviously, it's just a constraint they have to put on because it'd be too easy. I think, um, the, like the, I think the values of rugby as well, like kind 100%. of re- integrity, respect. So like the <laughs> idea that. There's no hoodwinking the ref in rugby. You call him sir. You know, if you've done something that he doesn't spot, you'll own up to it. You like, actually well, no, I didn't. Class. I didn't ground that ref. You know, that's not yeah, a try. Do you know what I mean? Was. That's so. That would never happen in football. Like no. in football, you kick it up, kick it off someone, uh, and then you go, "Yeah, mine. <laughs> I've done it. I always, I always used to do it." Like you claim for a ball, you know, hundred percent isn't yours. And the ref might give you yeah yes, sweet. Or the fact that like you'll be squaring up to each other on the pitch, yeah. But then at, ten bells out of each other. But then at the end of the game, you clap each other off, and then you go for a beer afterwards. And it now makes sense, really, to me why so many people in the core that I came across, who were high level rugby, or like, you know, semi-pro rugby players, went before they joined, had like really good values, really good ethos, fucking beasts in terms of physical attributes. Now that makes sense because. The, the game of rugby just encourages all of that and it means that when you go into a place certainly like the marines it fits because it's just like the same culture go go again uh, and so there's such a big overlap actually between like the military and rugby isn't there yeah, well, there's yeah, a heavy there's yeah. a big history there yeah uh, especially especially I think the marines if, you, if you're if you like higher level rugby and you go higher level military effectively like elite forces and stuff I think there's a massive because a lot of people who go for the marines are uh, between like you know semi-pro footballers who didn't quite make it and semi-pro rugby players disproportionately the rugby players make it and physically there's similar standards you know yeah but it's just different kind of fizz that you do when you're a, a rugby, pl- rugby player a lot of the uh a lot of the ex like sf lads you know like uh jason fox yeah. and all that they're all very pally with like Ex rugby players, because I think there's that like mutual respect between them, yeah. Because they kick the shit out of each other, <laughs> a rugby player. Rugby yeah. They were, well, this is that value system again, they share yeah. very different, they mean, very very similar. Sim- very similar values, yeah. Yeah, And the other thing with um, with that, I think, <coughs> is just the, uh, the fact that I can't remember what I going to say. That's good. I forgot. I so, what's the take home message from that? Give rugby a try if you haven't already, a try. We um, didn't yeah, even so, do that. Yeah, rugby I think if you if you hate it like I used to for no reason, then uh yeah, give it a go. It's good. It's a uh, it's a good it's a good watch. Fundamentally right, I think people that say they don't like rugby just haven't given it a fair try yet. Yeah, I think so. That's what I was gonna say. The rugby into CrossFit so I always used to look at people who had like started CrossFit and gone to straight to like top in the country. In that, va- like, hundred percent of the time, they'd be extra players because their standard of fizz is just fucking unbelievable. But I play football for years, mate. I'm oh, sack. <laughs> Top rugby players, like massively undervalued athletes, rugby yeah, players are. It's mental, mate. They go under the radar because yeah. you've got to be good at everything. Yeah, because then, so then when they go on and and go, so rugby don't work out or whatever, but then they go to CrossFit and they go. They're on a rowing machine. They're like fucking let's go. Like it's it's easy not it. So uh, it's transferable as well. If you a kid, you haven't got a, into a sport yet, rugby's probably a good one. But yeah, I think we've gobbled off for long enough. Yes, we'll leave it there. I believe so. Uh, thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed that episode of Below the Bar. Um, I just say let us know your schooling experiences and how you would change the curriculum because I would be interested to know. Yes, indeed. And um, we'll see you. Is it Q and A next? Q&A next, yeah. And then we've got to trick up our sleeve for the the episode after that. I won't give that away yet. can not really reveal that quite yet. But yeah, thanks for listening. See you next time.